Blog Talk Radio. We all have inner work to do. Real life, real faith is an opportunity to connect with Cheryl and her guests as they take you on a journey to help you become your authentic self. Whether you need help goal setting, developing coping skills, or connecting with a power greater than yourself, Cheryl is here to walk with you on your path to personal transformation. Get inspired as Cheryl lets you become an active participant or just sit back and glean from the messages delivered. It's Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. Oh, 
Jesus coming up, Jesus. Music has been experiencing an innovative sound from a young and vibrant group of worshipers with an amazing gift of vocal harmonization and aptitude. And I hope I don't mess up these names. I'm Janae Hambrick, Ariel Malloy, Malik Spence, yes. Kenneth Williams, and Richard Tolbert are the Bronx, New York-based group of friends who made up the quintet Livray, and we are so glad to have them with us here on tonight at Real Life Real Praise with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. What you just heard was Everything Coming Up Jesus. I believe that that's one of the hits on their uh, album, Jericho Tribe of Joshua. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Life Real Faith. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So listen, I don't know who wants to talk first, but somebody tell me a little, a little bit about how you guys got together and what made you come up with that name because it's such a unique name that you have. Well, this is Rich. Um, we started off as a praise and worship team. Uh, we, literally, we literally was not a group nor thinking about being a group. Um, our parents I grew up together. We kind of had no idea of who each other was individually. Um, my cousin Eugene Talbert was having a revival at his church, and he asked us to do praise and worship. So we did praise and worship for three nights, and the presider kept on asking us the name of the group every night. But the last night I went up to Ariel and Ajani, and I asked them, um, you know, y'all want to continue to do this? And they agreed. So, you know, we just kept on going from there, started doing rehearsals, started taking other engagements. And then our musician at the time um, was looking for a name to express what LeVray meant, like what we – kind of portrayed, like, um, the way that we expressed ourselves, which was so free. We just had so much freedom in Christ, our music, our our style, our message. And um, he goes on um, Google, and he looks up um, a whole bunch of names, and he comes up with Lavray, which means free in Portuguese, and deliver in French. Wow, that is amazing. Talk about a divine connection. And listen, I've had yes. an opportunity to listen to some of your music, and oh, my God. It, listen, anybody that listens to your music, if they are not moved in some kind of way, there's something wrong with them. I'm just saying. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. So, listen, um, you have, what, now four, four different members or five different members? Five is a quintet, so five yeah. different members. Yes, five and, and how many how many albums how many albums do you guys have out? Or I guess I guess nowadays I'm, I dated myself just then. How many CDs do you guys have out? This is, this was actually our first CD. This is our freshman CD. Oh wow, that is amazing! Where where are you guys from? Are each all of you from the same area of town or? Yes, we're, we're from, from the Bronx, the... New York. Yes. Who who does most of the writing for the group? Is this, is everybody kind of pitch in for that, or is it just one of you that does most of it, or and and putting together your costumes and things like that? Because you guys are very lively and vibrant, and I, I can't imagine anybody coming to any anything that you do and and feeling and leaving the same way that they came. Hello. Yes. Yeah, can you guys hear him? Yes, I, I, my phone cut off for like a minute, but um, we we all do like writing in the group. Everyone in the group writes, 
um, with the album, we, we teamed up with uh, one of our in-house producers named Swag, Arcelius Davis. Um, he kind of, like, wrote a lot on the – he wrote out single Amazing. He wrote – he helped us write Jericho, Me, Ashley, Malik. Um, we all teamed up and wrote Jericho. And the song that you just um, played, Everything's Coming Up Jesus, is actually um, written by Ajani Malik um, and Shadiva Jones from St. Louis and uh, another guy named Lamond. Um, we were all in St. Louis trying to look for a song, like our next single, and it was a really, really, really weird session, like very, very just weird. Nobody, Everybody had writer's block, and Ajani just says, everything's coming up Jesus, and like, a lot just came from that. The song came from just a saying that Ajani just came up with. Okay. Well, listen, this is your debut project. How did you come up with the title for the project, and what were some of the inspirations that you received when you were writing the songs? I know, um, I think, Amazing and I Will Be All Right, and like you said, you just told me about everything coming up, Jesus, and then there's Jericho, which I'm going to see towards the end. So where, where did all that come from? Well, well, Jericho, Jericho was one. I'm sorry, Rich. <laughs> this is Azani. Jericho was one of the last tracks that we actually uh, wrote together, and it just had such a powerful impact. And little did we know while we were writing the song, we were telling our story, our 10-year journey of creating this album. Uh, our story is so similar to the children of Israel who went in circles and circles, and finally they <laughs> came toward the promise. And they were able to um, call, uh, shout out, and praise, and the walls came down without them having to force anything. It just happened. And the same thing happened with mm-hmm. us. We finally got to the end, and it just happened. Like, there was no mm-hmm. warning, really. Right, Rich? Like, it was like right, the month, right. the month that we were like, we're, re- we're releasing an album this month. We're like, what? <laughs> oh, <my laughs> right. God. So, it just happened that way, and we are really thankful that our story could be so similar to something that happened in the Bible. Yes. You know what? When I look at the name, uh, Tribe of Joshua, that's what it makes me think about. Yeah, Joshua generation going out and possessing the land and possessing what um, God has already uh, or preordained for them to have. And it sounds like that's exactly what Libra is doing right now. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Wow. Well, listen, how can our listeners find out more about you? How can they find out where, well, hopefully you'll be going on to tour really soon. How can they find out about that and anything else you know about Livery? Well, they can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Livery underscore official. That's L-I-V-R-E underscore O-S-S-I-C-I-A-L. I-A-L, yes. <laughs> So they can follow us on all social media, and <laughs> I, I believe they can go to LeVrayMusic.com, and they can also find out our schedule and get some content. They can go to iTunes, Google Play, and Rhapsody, and LeVray, Tribe of Joshua, you can go get that now. It's available, and we are excited for you to hear it. And look, I'm excited for the listeners to hear it as well. And if you guys are on your way down to Houston, let Benita Bellamy know that she needs to let me know so that I can make sure that I am in the place so that I can meet you guys in person. Anywhere in Texas, actually, I'll be there. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. Everybody, that is LeVray. They have their uh, debut project out, Jericho Tribe of Joshua. Earlier we played Everything's Coming Up Jesus, and now we're going to play Jericho. We want to thank them again for joining us. Back in a moment on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lucy Donovan. And 
should die. The Almighty God, who by faith gave us power and authority, all praise and glory be to El Shaddai. The Almighty God, who by faith gave us power and authority, all praise and glory be to El Shaddai. The Almighty God, who by faith gave us power to shout till the walls come down, 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 shout till the walls come down. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Layla Ali. I might be undefeated in professional boxing, but there's one problem even I can't fight alone. Childhood hunger. Over 17 million kids in America may not know where their next meal is coming from. That's one in five children. Yet billions of pounds of surplus food produced right here in America just get thrown out every year. That's more than enough to feed every last hungry child. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids before it goes to waste. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank by going to feedingamerica.org. Together we can knock out hunger. Together we're Feeding America. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Dr. Michelle C. Reed is a native of Long Island, New York. She received her undergraduate degree from the State University of New York at Stony Brook and her medical degree from the New York College of Osteopathic Medicine. During her final year of residency, Dr. Reed served as chief resident at the Family Practice and Community Medicine Program from Mount Sinai School of Medicine at Jamaica Hospital Medical Center, Jamaica, New York. Dr. Reed is a board-certified medical, a board-certified family medicine physician and serves as a medical director for the Congregational Church of South Hempstead and the school district physician for Malvern School District and Roosevelt School District. Dr. Michelle does a lot. Throughout her life, Dr. Reed has made an ongoing commitment to use her energies and talents to help uplift her community. 
She recently started First Things First Foundation for Health and Wellness, Inc., a not-for-profit that deals with health education and disease prevention. Dr. Reed's co-founder, Mrs. Sepia Owens-Villas, MPA, was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2008 at the age of 37 years old. The guest speaker for their first program on H1N1 and the seasonal flu was Dr. John Clark, the CDC 2009 PSA winner on H1N1. She enjoys speaking at local schools, churches, and health fairs, but especially appreciates the opportunity to interact with the youth of the community as a mentor and tutor. And Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan is so pleased this evening to have joining us Dr. Michelle C. Reed. Dr. Reed, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. Absolutely, absolutely. So listen, one of the first things I want to talk about tonight is this whole Zika virus thing. I know that um, you have posted some information about that on Facebook, and you have some some nuggets or some tips that you can give us about it, but can, can you first kind of explain to us a little bit what it is and then what we can do to try to uh, help prevent it? All right. So basically, it is a virus that's being caused by a mosquito. And when it's a virus, the viruses are usually benign. They just have to run their course. There's usually no cure at all for viruses. So that's why we call them self-limiting. With the Zika virus, we normally see it in tropical areas or subtropical areas. But as people travel, so do insects travel. And we're starting to see cases of it popping up in Miami, and um, even we've had a few births. I think it was either one or two locally in the tri-state area recently. Oh, wow. So that, you know, that's amazing. I I don't know. It it seems so odd to me. Some of these things that we've never heard before are all of a (laughs) sudden becoming are so prevalent, and I'm assuming some of that has to do with uh, the international travel, the amount of international travel that we see, particularly here in the United States. But so if we want to prevent it for ourselves, what are some of the things that we can do to make that happen? Well, the major thing is whenever you're traveling, especially if you're going to any of the areas of in the South American or Pacific Islands, that's where they've seen the most cases, but like I said, it's in anywhere that is tropic or subtropic is to, of course, protect yourself. If you know that you're going to be outside for a long period of time, make sure that you have insect repellent on, especially those containing DEET. At the same time, try to cover up as much as possible and avoid going out during certain times of the day. Don't go out first thing in the morning um, before the sun goes out and try not to stay out too late after the sun sets. We all love the water, (laughs) but so do mosquitoes. So mosquitoes are drawn to the water, and that's where they normally lay their eggs. So any water that you're near, there's an increased likelihood of you getting bit by um, a mosquito, of course, that might have the Zika virus. So if you are by a pool or a, a, a body of water that has water that's been stagnant, there's an increased likelihood that there will be an increased um, risk of you getting a, a bite, of course. Mm-hmm. And I guess no, the other thing, too, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no, okay. And I was going to say the other thing, too, is, I mean, one of the big things that we're hearing is that 
you can get it during the transmission, of course, of sex. So if you are going to be sexually active and you do travel to one of the areas where there is an infestation of Zika, make sure that when you come back home that you use protection so that you will not get your partner pregnant or you as a female will not get pregnant because there's an increased likelihood that the baby can be born with some type of birth deformity. So now is this is it more of a a risk or an issue for the unborn or newborn baby or is it just as um, fatal or deadly for those that may be adults that contact it? Well, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, it's a virus, and viruses just usually are self-limiting. They will go away on their own. So the one who is the most at risk is the unborn, um, the fetus. So as a fetus, there's an increased likelihood that the baby will be born with birth defects, learning defects, due to the small size of the brain and the head. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one, I wanted to transition a little bit, too, with, with the conversation because I know at least here in Houston and I'm sure in some of the other uh, uh, states as well that a lot of the kids are getting ready to go back to school. So mm-hmm. vaccines and vaccinations are a big part of that. Tell me, you know, your stance on that and um, because, you know, the other thing, you know, because I, I also teach allied health students and mm-hmm. we, we look at these different documentaries where everybody is saying, oh, don't, you know, don't vaccinate your children and, you know, they can get, you know, have autism and things like that. And we really kind of look at that on both sides. So what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> That's funny you say that because that's a question that comes up all of the time. And unfortunately, we don't know um, what is the cause of certain diseases, especially autism. And until we can actually find out what the cause is, I still encourage my patients and, of course, the parents to vaccinate their children <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but um, it's a very serious matter because that's something that does come up quite often, especially with um, new mothers and new fathers. I don't want you to give two, three shots to my baby because my baby is so young. And But for the most part, there usually are not any serious side effects when we do give the vaccinations for the children. But it's just a matter of, like with anything, everything has its risks and its benefits, so we just have to make sure that whatever we're doing is being properly monitored. So if you do get a vaccination, and even if you get the flu or even if you get the chickenpox, the varicella vaccination, there is a risk of having a fever, being sore at the site of the vaccination, but you're not going to come down with measles, mumps, or rubella because you had the uh, measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, and you shouldn't come down with the flu because you had the flu vaccine either. Uh-huh. And that's one of the things that I try to explain to them uh, all the time because, if I'm not mistaken, those particular vaccines are inactivated, meaning that it's a very, very um, low-level mm-hmm. uh, uh Antigen yes. that you're giving to them, so mm-hmm. that that's why you really don't come down with it. Now I know years ago, many many years ago, the flu virus used to be live, and so yes. the possibility of 
it was it was there, but now that it's no longer live virus, then you know when people come and tell me that I'm like, first of all, it takes that thing at least six weeks to even begin to work in your system um, mm-hmm. because it's not live. Then you know, which is why they ask you to get vaccinated you know so early on, particularly with the flu vaccine. So you know, that, I think those misconceptions out there, and and perhaps more education in that area could really eliminate some of the. The, the drama that we're seeing around that, because I know when I was working in the school system um, at, at a couple of the schools here in Texas, many times when the parents would come in, that's one of the things that we would have to go over with them. Yes, you need to get your children vaccinated. If you want them to come into the, you know, but they would want to opt out for all of these different reasons. And, you know, it, it is to my understanding, based on what I'm seeing now, it could actually turn over all of the um, advances that we've made with alleviating some of these diseases that are out there, especially with the influx of different people, like I said earlier, with the international travel. Yes, most definitely, because every now and then, especially in New York, we'll get an influx of um, measles, mumps, and rubella because children that are traveling or even adults who are traveling from overseas have not been properly vaccinated. So when they come here, they're exposing the patient population in the states to these diseases. And that's when you hear about, oh, my goodness, this community and the New York City Health Department or even the local health departments will send out an alert saying that there's an increase of uh, some disease in an area because of lack of vaccinations. But, you know, Mm -hmm. education is always the key, and at the same time, the media, too, will like to put things out of proportion because that's their point is they're trying to make sure people are exposed to all different aspects and the good and the bad and everything. But a lot of times what gets highlighted, of course, is the bad because people want to see and hear about bad things, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Very unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be trying to change this narrative because it's getting really, some of this is getting really outrageous. Everybody, we're speaking with uh, Dr. Michelle C. Reed. We're talking about um, some of the things affiliated with our health, per se. And when we come back, we want to talk to her about some of her philanthropic efforts and some of her mentoring and coaching that she does with uh, young women. So we'll be back in just a moment on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today, opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures. 
A stop for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I am your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. And we're back to Real Life Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan, and we are speaking with Dr. Michelle C. Reed. And I happen to know that she does quite a few things in her community, especially for young African-American women. She uh, works with uh, the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, the Long Island chapter, in a teen mentoring program, and I believe she was recently with some young women over at Princeton. So, Dr. Reed, tell us a little bit about your efforts in that area. Okay. Well, from myself, um, I'd like to... I guess say that I've always tried to be active in the community because growing up in my parents' household, it was either you had to be active doing things in the community or you had to be active in doing things in the computer community. So we weren't allowed just to be I'm serious, we weren't allowed just to be students. Yeah. We had to be productive citizens in the area. So be it um, Girl Scouts, be it in Boy Scouts or 4-H, because I was a 4-H'er growing up, you're taught the importance of always giving back to your community, not just being about yourself, being about helping, empowering others. And as an adult, I've continued to try and be about the same thing that I was taught growing up. Sometimes it's a little harder because as a physician, our hours are really hectic. Um, yeah. Sorry if I'm smacking <laughs> in your ear. But I was like, I was just trying to grab a quick bite to eat because I just came straight, you know, from seeing patients. So um just mm-hmm. trying to calm down a little bit. But no as a physician, sometimes we're not able to, I guess, do as much as we would like to do depending on what the lifestyle is. And for me, having my own practice, I see that my way of giving back, especially when I'm at the office, is allowing young people who are interested in the field of medicine or maybe not sure if they want to go into the field of medicine or even they just need some community hours for their school so they can get credit in junior high school or middle school, letting them come into the office seeing what it's like to run a business, see what it's like to see a patient, see what it's like to listen to a heart. Um, Just that exposure can make a difference in someone's life because maybe they might say, oh, gosh, this is, like, too boring for me. Or, you know what, I really like this. I get to draw blood. I get to talk to people at the same time. I'm helping people. So it's always exposure. And that's the one thing that a lot of times 
we don't, and when I say we, I'm talking about as a community, that we don't give other people the opportunity to get exposed to different aspects of our lives. So with me, yeah, letting them shadow me and come into the office, that's one way that I try and do that. Another way, of course, is being involved in organizations. I'm in charge of the health committee for the Long Island Coalition of 100 Black Women. And what I try to do is talk about the importance of the women in the organization of being healthy, because if we're not healthy, we can't go about any type of advocacy that we're supposed to be doing for the organization or even do anything for our household, because we spend so much time doing this for someone else, doing this for someone else, doing this, we always put ourselves last. So I try to stress the importance of putting ourselves first, of course not making it all about us, but making sure that our health and our life is in number one top priority so that way we can go out and give back to others. You know, one of the things I um, get a chance to do also as I, I teach the um, allied health care students is to send them out on their externships and their internships, and that is a huge part uh, for them to be able to actually shadow, you know, physicians and other nurses and things like that and to uh, work in the field prior to moving on into their career. So I, I commend you for that because we really need to see that, especially earlier, before they get to me, before they get to post-secondary education, to be able to see that in, in high school and middle school. I'm a graduate of the high school for um, healthcare professions, so I was able to start doing that very young here in Houston. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. things like that are tremendous uh, in helping people to identify what they want to do. And you're right, some of the people that went to school with me there, once they, they went through some of the rotations, and, and saw about the drawing blood and giving injections and things like that, decided that, you know what, this isn't for me. So it was great to have the experience. And they went on to be still career-oriented people. Some of them became attorneys. Some of them started their own businesses and things like that. So that's, that's wonderful to have people in the community that are willing to allow that in their places of business, especially in the medical field. Yes, and I think that's very important because, Even growing up, my pediatrician was Dr. John Branty, who was a black male, and in an office with him, there was a black female. She let me shadow her, I think I was about 12, 13 years old, and because of the experience that I was given, I was able to say, oh, you know what, I really do like what I'm doing, and I've even offered um, to the program that you had mentioned earlier at the well that is a program that brings young uh, minority females that are in high school to either Princeton University or Swarthmore where they have two weeks of academic support. And at the same time, they'll have guest speakers that will range from um, in the field of law, medicine, um, business, who come in, who talk to them about what their field is like. And at the same time, Two of the girls, because I've been doing this for the past, I think, four four years, two of the young ladies that I met that were at the time um, in college students helping out as counselors are now in medical school, and one of them even traveled from New Jersey to my office to shadow me, and I did a letter of recommendation for her. So 
I think it's important that we continue to make sure that we're giving our young people positive experiences because if they don't see it, they don't believe that they can do it. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's amazing, and it, it's so so needed and so necessary. Uh, before we leave, I want you to have an opportunity to tell the listeners a little bit about your actual practice, where you are, and perhaps if they want to come and see you, how they can do that. Okay, so I am a family medicine doctor. I have two locations. One is in Rosedale, Queens, New York, and the other one is in Garden City, Long Island, New York. Full service. We are open Monday through Saturday, and twice a month we do have Sunday hours. We do also have late night hours because, you know, we have all these urgent care facilities that are giving um, people a quick jack-in-the-box experience, and we're trying to make sure that we develop relationships because it's important that your doctors know about you and that they understand, they know your family, because that can make a difference between you taking your medicine because you know that if you don't take your medicine, when you get back to the doctor's office, they're going to be kind of upset that you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Um, the best right. way to reach I'm us. Home. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Excuse me? Yeah. I was saying they need a medical loan. That's right. I mean, and it's it's a relationship, and you have to feel comfortable because patients will come in. They're like, oh, Dr. Reed, like your office is not like any other office, and it, it seems like you guys really care about us because, I mean, that's what – I mean, we didn't go into the field of medicine not to care about our patients, but we feel that we try and take the time and give you a different experience. I even have a massage therapist that comes into my office twice a week, I don't know if she's there more so for me, but we offer our patients complimentary massages. <laughs> and oh, I know every wow. opportunity that I get, I'm right there with her. But, you know, so it's something that it's important because, I mean, the, the touch of being touched by another human being means a lot and it's also part of the healing process. And just mm-hmm. being touched and having a massage, that can change somebody's blood pressure because you're nice and relaxed. You're not as tense as you were when you first came into the office. But the best way to reach us, the phone number is 516-794-2200. That's 516-794-2200. And you can even go on to our website to make a, um, an appointment. We've had electronic records since 2008, so we are ahead of the of the curve because that means that um, we've been doing it a lot longer than the majority of the physicians throughout the country. And as a result of that, I was one of, I think, 55 doctors that was selected about two, three years ago to go to the White House to talk about the importance of electronic records. But our website is msfamilymedicinehealthcare.com. M as in Mary, S as in Sam, familymedicine.com, and you can go online and make an appointment to come into the office. And I also love to travel, and I like to run and exercise. But when I get a chance, I guess my main thing is I like to educate, I like to teach. I will travel to speak anywhere that I am asked to go, and if you would like to contact me for a speaking engagement, the website is ask a s k doctor d r michelle m i c h e l e dot com, and that's ask a s k d r 
M-I-C-H-E-L-E.com. And I will um, open to travel, and I can even come down to Texas. <laughs> Michelle, I'm going to take you up on that. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Real Life, Real Faith. Thank you very much, Cheryl. I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. Everybody, that was Dr. Michelle C. Reed. She is a family medicine physician in New York. We were happy to have us here on tonight. She does a lot of community service, and I just want to encourage all of you out there, whatever profession you may be in, whatever it is that you may do, there's always something that you can do to reach back and help those individuals in your community. We want to remind you of our Real Life, Real Faith Changing the Narrative Awards that will take place in Houston, Texas at the Sterling Banquet Hall, November the 5th, 2016 at 7 p.m. We'd like to I invite you to join us there. And also, as always, we want you to hit us up on Facebook, Facebook at Real Life Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan, on Twitter at Real Faith Mag, and on Instagram at Real Life Real Faith. And as always, remember that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Be blessed.